friends, Laura Johnson here from Tickle.Life, and this is Mindful Sex Ed Back to Basics. This is the podcast where we break up myths and build up facts about sex. And as always, I am joined by my incredible co-host, the Tickle.Life in-house sex educator, Lulu Batista. How are you today, Lulu? Fantastic. How are you? I am doing great. So we have a special surprise for our audience today. Lulu, would you like to introduce our special guest? tonight yes so i was honored to be on these lovely ladies podcast and we asked them to come on and have a great time with us and they have agreed so we want to introduce both of the hosts from the podcast big sexy chat i'm gonna have them come on and do their own intro because who's it more better from than the person right so we're gonna have them come up and join us and we're so so excited good evening ladies how are you Hi. Hi. Hi there. Doing well. It's so great to meet you both. You too. Yes. yes. It's a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> I so, would say my, my, my pleasure is your pleasure. <laughs> all right now. You like how that sounds. <laughs> well, who would like to start off giving their intros? We'd love to hear one of you. you sure. Off. So I'm Murph. I am a licensed uh, marriage family therapist, and I've been um, practicing for quite some time, decades. I <laughs> don't want to give away the age too early. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I'm a very fat woman. I'm pansexual, sex positive, fat liberationist. And I, I've met Crystal a long time ago, and we've been friends for quite some time. And when she reached out to me, she was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. And I know you love talking about sex. So what do you think? And I was like, please, yes, let's do it. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Zero hesitation. Nice. Just yes. Yes. We like to hear that. Right? Definitely. Yeah. How the best collaborations come about. And what about you, Crystal? Well, gosh. So I'm here in Silicon Valley. I worked in tech for 15 years. I got laid off. Started my own pleasure party company called Bliss. And I went around the Bay Area educating and entertaining people about sex and sex toys and boy, the things people do not know. I'm like, do you not have Google? And um, then I went from that doing for 10 years to opening up a boutique called Curvy Girl, which was lingerie for fat people, size 14 and larger. Then I got a pinched nerve in my brain and then I quit that, closed my store, but I still have a huge community online, like half a million followers on my Facebook page. So I have an audience, you know, and I know they like to talk about and hear about sex, especially for fatties. Most people assume fat people don't have sex, but we do a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, you know, I got the idea. I've been wanting to do a podcast again. I did one 15 years ago and I was like, let's do this again. So here we are talking about all kinds of things. You know, we talk a lot about current events. We talk a lot about sex toys, hot topics, as Murph likes to say, go ahead, Murph, do it for us. Hot topics. <laughs> Instead of hot pockets, we're doing hot topics. <laughs> Although I have some hot top, hot pockets right here if my hands get cold. And then, uh, yeah, they're good. Homework. It's good well, to have. It is. <laughs> and yeah, so we've been podcasting. We started podcasting on Valentine's Day this year. Yes. Lovely. We love awesome. to hear that. Yeah. And I, I've been listening throughout the week and I just binged a bunch today and I'm like damn I wish I had this when I was in college I wish mm -hmm. I had this when I was in high school I mean just to have such like amazing conversations about fat sex and body positivity would have been life-changing right. <laughs> would have been 
so life-changing. So thank you so much for doing the work that you're doing because this is a necessary perspective that's needed and very undercovered. So, so thank true. you for that. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the, the main things that we wanted out of this was just the ability to speak to the, the younger generation of fat folks coming up and talking about these kind of things because we never got that. And it was never this open conversation of what your sexuality is like and what it's like, you know, when you have a larger body and all those things. And so it, it was being able to impact that kind of audience and share that kind of information so that maybe somebody starts their self-love journey earlier than what we did. Yeah. It's always been the goal. <laughs> always. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, I'm, mm -hmm. so I was just curious as you ladies were talking, because when people hear, most of the time when anyone has, especially females, have a podcast or any kind of platform, they're just like, oh, well, y'all just talking to women, you know, men or anyone else that has no lane in this. So what, how is the conversation when it comes to that men? How do they feel about the podcast? Do they feel like they have a space here with you all? Do they feel that kind of camaraderie to come in and, you know, listen and be a part of the podcast? I originally, in the very beginning, I did hear from a, a fat person, a fat man. He identified as a man. And he said, I love it. I love listening to the two of you. Well, we've had a few of those. Sometimes they're like people who just like really listening to us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then other times they're like, thank you. Thank you for this. My my wife and I or my girlfriend and I or my polycule and I listen to you because we're all fat. And yeah, nobody talks about It's very few people talk about fat sex just because people assume we don't have it. So I don't know why, but they don't, they just think they don't think we're sexual beings for some reason. And we are just like, first of all, even when two fat people get together, if it's difficult to, to match parts where there's a will, there's a way I promise. Absolutely. Absolutely. And oh. have you, have you gotten a lot of stigma because you know, it's different if, someone in quotation that for those of us who are not going to watch our YouTube, I don't know why, but whatever, mm -hmm. um, they're just listening. So me in quotations are saying, do you feel that you've gotten some stigma by you guys saying, oh, we're having fat sex or we're talking this kind of thing, you know, because it's different if, if they say, oh, you can't say it, but we can say it, you know, and that kind of back and forth thing. Have you gotten some backlash for people from, from that aspect? I, I have a little bit, especially when I had my boutique, because I would blog and write about things like okay, I'm going to talk about fat sex. Now I'm going to talk about fat sex, but and what I really mean is sex, just having sex. It's not like, are you having gay right. sex? No, you're just having sex. You're not having gay sex, just like fat sex. But you have to say it and then be like, you know, it's just like, it's just sex. All y'all, nothing different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, <clears throat> excuse me. I think a part of that too is we, we don't so much get it about the sex, but when we talk about um, just body issues in general, we get a lot of pushback of like, diet and oh well you know this or that and we have a it's so cool we have a, a tiktok and we pay someone to do you know tiktok videos for us and she's awesome and that's where we've had the most stigma we've mm -hmm. had our page banned and shut mm -hmm. down because yeah. she's a fat woman talking you know about hey i like my body i like how i look and wow that's where we've seen just an upheaval of really really bad stuff Mm -hmm. yeah, those TikTok people are mean. <laughs> so, so one of the things that you've mentioned in your podcast is kind of like reclaiming the term fat 
and defining it as a neutral term just to describe your body. And it's not positive, it's not negative, it just is. So can you speak a little bit more about yeah, how you're using the term fat when you're talking about that? Yeah, Crystal, you want to go first? Let me talk a little bit about when I became comfortable with the word fat. Mm-hmm. One day I had this realization. <laughs> Like, I'm not just pleasingly, pleasantly plump. I'm not chubby. You know, I'm fat. And no matter what I do or where, you can tell how much space I take up. So then I was like to myself, well, why are you denying it? So I got comfortable with the word fat when I realized I couldn't really hide how fat I am, no matter how much black I wore, no matter how much. And then when you're going to get naked with somebody like that, and they, first of all, they can see how much space you take up and they still want to get naked with you. So I'm like, why do I trip out about this word? Because when I was growing up, it was, you know, oh, mean. people said, said it to be mean. But now I'm like, yeah, you can't hurt my feelings. I am fat. So well, I don't know. I have, you know, blue eyes. I'm tall. I'm fat. It's just a word. It's a descriptor. And yeah, it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't bother me. But also, I, I want to take the power back from that word, you know. It's like, it's my word now. It's not your word. You can say it to me a million times. I don't give a you know what? (laughs) Yeah. And I I agree with you. I I really started to recognize that I wouldn't, I wouldn't use any other word for short or tall or, you know, like I, why am I dancing around this word? It just, it's, it's a descriptive word. And yes, it may have a negative connotation, but it doesn't have to. If I own that word as just, it's a descriptor of who I am, then when somebody's like, ooh, fat, blah, 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 you know, it's like, okay, ooh, tall loser, you know, like, <laughs> I, you know, whatever, you know, if, that, if that's your thing, then okay, but I, I just, I stopped saying this has to, this dancing around it and making it like, oh, fluffy or you know, using curvy some some other word and it's like no I'm just fat and I might as well you know enjoy the fact that oh it makes people uncomfortable when I say that and um that's okay you know like I get very like oh this is kind of fun now this is a very powerful thing to have back in my pocket because you really find out how quickly people are fat phobic when you say Oh no, I'm fat. And they're, Oh no, no, don't, don't say that about yourself. You know? So yeah, I've really come to just say, well, it'll, it'll be a good indicator for me of of who I need to steer clear of. (laughs) But Murph, you have such a pretty face. (laughs) We like your hair color, right? right. (laughs) But you're beautiful, not fat. Right. Yeah. But I, but you can be both. But can't exactly. we be both? Yeah. Oh, and that's I the best. Person? When you say that to somebody, when they're, but you're, you're beautiful. You're not fat. I'm like, yeah, I'm both. And then they're just like, the eyes <laughs> wide. You know, they're like, you slapped them across the face, kind of look. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's I think that's such fun. a a good point because even when someone's trying not to be, I guess, fat phobic, they're so conditioned to see fat as something negative. And so they're trying to say the right thing, but of course it's like, it's another, I guess, microaggression and against that. So I guess my next question is like, how can you, hmm, I don't know how I want to phrase this. Like, are there microaggressions that people don't recognize as being 
fat phobic, kind of like you have such a pretty face or, you know, you're not, you're, you're pretty, you're not fat, that sort of thing. Like, how can people pick up on that? Or like, what would you want people to know about these, I guess, um, I can't think of the term, but like these microaggressions that they may not really There's realize. A are, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Oh, <laughs> so you're going to have seconds? Oh, okay. You did. Whatever <laughs> I am. <laughs> yep. It's Thanksgiving or whatever. I'm having seconds. I might even have a third helping. I don't know. We'll see how I feel. What's the other ones, Murph? Like, um, I, you know, I'm so, I hear them all the time. At work, yeah. at work, it's the worst, you know, like my good food or my bad food. I'm being um, bad know. today. I'm going to eat this cupcake. I'm like, just fucking yeah. eat it. Yep. Don't ruin exactly. it for the rest of us. Just eat it. Yeah. Well, and I'm just, I love like throwing things out. Like, well, I didn't know that food had moral value. Like, and then they're like, what, you know? Yeah. So sometimes I use it as a way of like an enlightening tool, you know, to just be like, here's, here's the way that you don't say that or point out, you know, those kind of things. And sometimes I use it just to be like super petty because (laughs) I'm just sick of whoever it is saying whatever they're saying. But yeah, I mean, it's like, I'll, I'll invest in some people and, you know, explain how it is a microaggression that you're talking about food this way, or you're talking about bodies this way. And I think a lot of people don't even realize that they're doing it because it's just so stitched in and -hmm. ingrained into everything that we do in our culture. It's baked in for sure. And um, sometimes I remember getting this one, I was going to get this really cute short haircut. And they're like, short haircuts though, aren't those, aren't those better? Like on, I'm all on, ooh, but I don't care. I My face is always going to look fat, no matter what kind of haircut I have. It doesn't, it's not going to change. Oh, look, she looks so skinny now. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> Right. You know, it's just yeah. I, I, there's a million. Um, Laura, how do you identify? I'm still I I am uncomfortable with the term fat, uh-huh. and because it, it's been used so negatively in my life, and so like I I am so appreciative of fat activism because it's using that term and getting more comfortable with it. But yeah, it's it's a struggle for me, and like good food versus bad food, like all of that stuff is that's why I'm in therapy and trying to, <laughs> and trying to work this out and um, yeah. have a better self-image because I I spent I don't know probably 20 years since I was around 11 hating my body and hating my habits and it doesn't get me anywhere right so you know I, I do want to eat healthier I do want to exercise more blah 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 but I want mm-hmm. to do it for me and not to fit into some societal standard or for vanity metrics or whatever in order to make these better choices and I, I I apologize I don't remember which one of you said it on the show but mm-hmm. I think one of you had talked about having like going into a doctor's office at like eight or nine for strep throat and the doctor saying that they had to lose weight mm-hmm. and um, that really hit me because I had a very similar experience when I was 11 where I was maybe 11 or 12. I think I was going into eighth, eighth grade and this very model-esque doctor comes in, not my regular pediatrician mm-hmm. and rapidly starts talking to me about my weight that I was not prepared for. I'm a kid at 11. Yeah. At 11. And she says, I went off the charts at seven. I didn't know that. I don't, th- and I don't think I actually was off the charts. I was very, very active until probably around age 10. And she tells me that my body is in menopause 
what? Because I have PCOS, so my body thinks uh-huh. it's in menopause. I'm mm-hmm. 11. I don't understand what menopause means. No. So, and I needed to start losing weight in um, in uh, groups of eight. Don't think of it as trying to lose 10 pounds. Think of it as trying to lose eight pounds at a time. I'm sorry. No, yeah. that's okay. But I, I am so appreciative that you shared that experience because it's just like, I don't think people realize like how early this stuff starts and how the negative self-talk the negative perception of body the shame that you feel like how that starts when you are a kid and it just it just impacts the rest of your life and at some point you have to make a decision like i'm not going to let it affect me anymore or i'm going to try to let it affect me as little as possible and then you know i think the way that you described your journey and how you're just going to be yourself is so important and empowering for women, for everyone who is in a body that doesn't conform to these like very rigid Eurocentric standards of beauty. Yep. Blue eyes, blonde hair, tiny waist, big tits, small feet, white skin. You know, it's so boring. So over it. Um, (laughs) I swear. Okay, that's a weird, that's a weird look, you know, but two things for Laura, Laura, I think I'm probably a lot older than you, but at some point in my life, I decided if I don't love you, I don't care about your opinion. Mm-hmm. And then I have a friend that says, if you don't, if you're not feeding me, financing me or fucking me, I don't care what you think. And I was like, oh, she's so right. Right. And I hope that on a mug. I was going to say, I hope you have that sticker as part of your amazing merch line, like to our oh, audience, shit. we're going to put links to all of their things in the show notes but they have like an incredible sticker collection and <laughs> yeah good stuff it is i didn't see that one in there but i put it in your notes you need to see I that should, sticker yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah uh, and i um you know i think that's that's really one of the things i mean that's the reason i have a job right as a therapist because it's like your your parents or the people that you're around when you're a kid don't recognize how how fundamental those experiences are in the building blocks of your self-esteem and who you become as a person and how it impacts just so many different aspects of your life growing up. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I, I totally understand that we're all in our different spots, you know, figuring out how we want to be called or what we want to be called and and just learning who we are. Mm -hmm. And you have to give yourself some grace in that. Your experience is completely different from somebody else's experience, even though there's similarities and there's commonalities, you know, there's your, your journey is different. And so you might not be ready to say, Hey, I'm fat and that's okay. You know? Mm -hmm. And, and I think that, like you said, the more exposure that you have to individuals who do say that, or, who say it in a way that kind of counteracts the experience that you had when you were a kid really demonstrates that you can evolve and change into whatever you want to change into. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we, we, we kind of just forget about that, you know, like, Oh, Hey, I'm an adult and I, you know, I'm who I am. Well, no, we change, you know, all throughout our entire lives. And um, even if you don't say those things now, you may say it five years from now or, you know, something mm-hmm. like that. And it's just, I think we, we, as, especially as, as females, we've had this, you know, really shoved down our throats of like, you know, you have to be or look or act or, you know, have this kind of 
presence and to be able to kind of counteract that and say, okay, well, I did that for 20 something years of my life. It didn't really (laughs) feed my soul or give me what I wanted. So now I'm going to start looking at it a different way and maybe, you know, I'll go on a different path. That's cool. I think that's really, you know, what we're trying to do with this podcast is like you said earlier, Mm -hmm. get those kind of discussions out there so people can be like, I'm not the only one Mm -hmm. because it feels so isolating. A hundred percent. That's very true. That's, that's a good point. That's a good point all around, you know, because those, those things come in so many different ways. Right. I know I, I believe I said on, on you ladies podcast that I've gotten asked, well, you can't be a sex bird or a massage therapist because you're a person of color. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know there was like a, there like a sign up for this certain people. Yeah. The woman told me on the train, she was like, wait, you're a massage therapist, but you're a person of color. I was like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. So what are you saying? I only think I ever talk, I hear people talk about with massage therapists if they want a male or a female. I've never heard that people always also have a I also can I please have a Hispanic man massage me today? Like you don't get to ask for that, you a-hole. Yeah, but it's but in some but in some things they have you know they have done it you know if I go sometimes to try to apply for a job they're like well you're kind of not what we're looking for for this area and then you'll see all the workers and they all exactly look exactly the same I'm like okay no problem that's fine Jeez. I'll make that's my awesome. own lane so and shame. then that'll be that right so when people when people think about certain things they have to think about the whole thing it's not just happening in one one area right. The experience may be coming in a different way, but think about what people are going through. People are just trying to live their lives in their skin. And you hear just poking their skin, mm-hmm. making them not feel okay to be in what they're sitting in. You can come out and be bold and thing and nice. Somebody's like, ooh, mm, you sure you should be doing that? But doing what? Mm-hmm. what, what like, why are you saying that? You know, me and Laura talk about it all the time. When we say, oh, we're going to collab with different other people. Oh, well, how can you do that? I said, because everybody here can grow. We are Mm -hmm. four ladies doing amazing work, but still going through three, four different lanes. So Mm -hmm. it makes no difference if we all come together and build together and collab Mm -hmm. and do those things. Because at the end of the day, we're still going to execute it differently. So what oh, difference yeah. do it make if I share something with you, you share something with me, yeah. we exchange some ideas because it's, it's, we're still not going to be at the same runway or the yeah. same um, finishing lane. That's a scarcity mindset, right? So mm-hmm. like to me, I don't believe in competition. I only believe in co-opetition. There's enough for all of us. We can all have a podcast. Everybody on the planet can have a podcast. Nobody can do it like me. Nobody can do it exactly like Lulu or Laura or Murph. There's plenty for all of us. And it's, yeah, it, it, there's, there's no reason to worry about that. kind. Of, I don't think, I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't buy that. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, when, when they look at that, they, that's what people are like, so mm-hmm. you're going to have another sex people oh, yeah, on your, yeah. yes, we are. Yes, we are. Because guess mm-hmm. what? They're talking about fat sex. We could talk yep. about it. Then people yep. will say, I can't talk about it because I'm not fat. So now I can't talk about the fast sex because now only Laura can talk about the fast sex. So except, except I, can't, I can't talk about fat sex because I've never had sex. So <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, 
we're we're bullshit out of luck, Lulu. (laughs) (laughs) Laura, I don't mean to get too personal, but so you have sex with yourself sometimes, right? Oh yes, yes. Okay, good, good. Partner sex. I should clarify. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it now. It would be yeah, it would be a very interesting podcast if I haven't done anything at all. <laughs> I'm like, Laura, have you ever tried a shower massager? Because <laughs> if you haven't, you need to try it tonight. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm well taken care of in my own okay. department. But great, I'm glad to hear that. That'll be <laughs> awesome. You're, nice nice you're on a sex podcast and don't do anything in sex. <laughs> <laughs> I, really I go to school. I have a lot of sex books. So, you know, <laughs> right, do that part. Oh man. So, and as we dip into that a little bit more, how is it? Do you feel that it's easy, hard, or in between, depending on the person's vibe, to even do things like this to collab with someone else in this industry? Because our industry is big and small at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody want to be gatekeeping for whatever reason. I don't know who's in the back of this gate, but I just go around the back. I don't care. <laughs> right? Same. You know who we just interviewed? Or the episode that's going to get uh, dropped tonight, we interviewed Ryan from All Lubed Up. Oh, we love Ryan. We've had yeah. Ryan on. He's been on my focus group. We love Ryan. Oh, my God. Yeah. Brilliant. We had fun. He he talked about the baldo, and that's a fun conversation. Oh, <laughs> I, I saw that on your TikTok. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. Not... yeah. Does your husband have a ball there yeah. yet, Lulu? No. And Rena, I it's like it's like the rose. It's one of it's like the rose for me. I'm like, don't talk about it no more. I don't want to do it. Is is the ball nowhere? The thing where you put the balls in it and it somehow becomes a dildo for the Yes, exactly. Boys. Remember that one I was telling you about we saw at the trade show and you were like, What? I was like, Yeah, ball do. Yeah, I was when he's talking about it. My whole my face was like, <laughs> like I was just like, what? Yeah, not to have yuck you anyone. I don't think I've heard of that kink. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna send you the video. I'm gonna send you the, the cartoon. It's hilarious in the cartoon. I'm like, awesome. we did we did a Where's Baldo for our next uh, episode. <laughs> I did see that, and when I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, not Baldo. We thought we could get about <laughs> And I think Ryan basically ex- he expressed that he really liked it. I think, right, Murph? Yeah, he did. Yeah, okay, yeah. He said yeah. the the ballgasm yeah. is uh, quite spectacular. Yeah, he did. Okay. He did express that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I guess I have uh, to, to find out. Yes. Right. <laughs> to me, go back but... to your um your question. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I think we do that too. It squirrel moments is what we call. You know, they're just <laughs> everywhere. It's all good. Um, you know, we we really try to um collaborate as much as possible. You know, we we had a discussion early on in the in the podcast of it needs to be a community. It needs to be where we bring people on and talk, tell us about that. I'm not an expert in, you know, whatever that is. Tell me about it. I'm, I'm curious. And I just, I can't imagine being in a place where you're wanting to like hoard information or, you know, like, oh, we can't, we have the same kind of thing happen. We can't talk about blah, blah, blah with them because they have the same stuff. And it's like, I what? No, like yeah. we're a community. We need to get as much information out there. The more that 
people, the more information people have, the more informed their choices are going to be. And so I'd much Mm -hmm. rather collaborate and talk about those things. And what was your experience? And how did you do that? And I mean, that may be the therapist in me, but it's also, you know, it's important to be able to have those conversations with people because we're fundamentally connected and we have to be able to, you know, share and talk and collaborate. And I just, yeah, I've never understood that whole, like, you know, I have to keep this from you or hide that from you. It doesn't get anyone anywhere. Nope. Especially, you know, in, in any aspect, when you're working in any aspect of the sex industry from education to products to whatever, we're all in the same boat in terms of getting banned on, you know, social media, not having access to community building, not getting funding for the different projects that we want to work on. And so, you know, as if when we're uplifting each other, it increases the visibility of sex. And the more visibility that you have, the more conversations that you are able to have, and the world starts to become a safer place to be in a sexual space. And, you know, we're at a time where we're facing so much stigma and shame and rights being taken away. I mean, Roe v. Wade, there's like a a movement against pornography that's actually global now, which is really scary. Not the Um, porn. Yeah, because we have to, like, yes, we don't want porn in the hands of young children, but it's a flimsy kind of barrier in terms of this is not really about children, this is about restricting access to music rights. And so we need to band together. We need to be uplifting each other's voices. We need to be having all of these conversations in a collaborative space because if if we're all gatekeepers and we all keep this knowledge to ourselves, it just allows these other people who are not educated, who are uninformed, who have malicious intentions to take over. And that's not the world I want to live in. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at you, Mitch McConnell. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lindsey Graham. <laughs> I really strongly dislike both of those people. Right. Yeah, for sure. No, um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I think that we, one of the things that we really have to have is, you know, the ability to expand our minds and talk about the things that, you know, most people have struggled talking about. And, yeah. I, you know, it's like all the times where people are like, you know, oh, we don't want porn in the hands of kids, but you won't have the conversation with your kids about what sex is or how to do it safely. Oh, you talk about it. That's going to make them do it. Really? That's not how it works. That's not how that works. There's empirical data. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's all about. I bring my my own data into that because I know as a young child, my mother's kept saying, don't have sex. And I'd be like, so why? Because I said so. Well, I definitely should have some of that then because you just keep yeah. saying don't have it. I didn't even know it was a thing to be had, but you <laughs> brought it up first. And you kept saying, because I said so. I'm like, so but why do you keep asking if I'm having some of this thing? It sounds really fun now. <laughs> Let me go and have some of that. Yeah. But for me, I took a different knowledge of that because yes, I was that child. I was sneaking and watching real sex. But guess what? I was taking the education part from that. I said, oh. So I can say what I want and what I don't want. I can be in control of this experience. Okay, no problem. I'll have you. Thank you so much. You set the bar now. I won't take no one under this level. I'll be okay with that. I will have a list. You can't make this list unless you make these criteria. I will bring my own protection. Oh, you have your own condom? Yes, I do. You thought this wasn't going to happen? Okay. 
You don't like it? Okay, we moved on. As I like to say, dick is plentiful if you want it. <laughs> it's everywhere. <laughs> true. In I abundance. It's in abundance. And the more you keep kids in the dark, the more they're curious. And we know, yes. we all know intellectually that when you educate kids about sex, that actually they have less of it. They have less children mm -hmm. that they didn't want to have, less abortions. But, you know, the people that are the gatekeepers, they think it's the opposite. But I'm like, but look at this data, you know, they don't mm -hmm. believe the data because they just think sex is bad. And I don't know. It's so ridiculous now. It's 2022. It's, it's fake news, Crystal. Well, it's all fake news. Data is not real. Um, I know, I know. Right. Especially if, now when they think that um, foreplay is oral sex. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad. It's a weird, it's a weird world we live in right now. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so to kind that. of sh shift gears to maybe something a bit more positive, because I'm like, oh man, the world's <laughs> not being positive. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, what do you have any advice for people who have who are not fat but are dating or having sex with fat partners? How to respect those boundaries and to make their partner feel maybe more supportive during dating or during sex? One thing I always say is hashtag boundaries are sexy. Mm -hmm. And we talk about this a lot on our show too, that, you know, communication is lubrication. And I have found in my own relationships that, that um, the more we talk about things, first of all, it's so fun to me. And then the closer we become because we're both being vulnerable, vulnerable with one another. And that really creates a bond with a person. And, um, we practice radical honesty in my relationship and you know my partner is is not a big person he's a normal size he's a straight size person as they call in call it in fashion fashion called straight sex straight size right it's not straight sex straight size and, uh, he's like what you consider a straight size person so sometimes there are some mechanics you know that we have to figure out but like i said where there's a will there's a way and to me like he told me very early on if we can mash our genitals together, we should be able to talk about anything. And I was like, damn, he's so right about that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just, and I'm not afraid to talk about anything. I mean, I can talk about anal sex with random strangers at 12 in the afternoon with no alcohol. Like I just don't, I don't find any shame in sex or our bodies. So I think the more communication you can have with your date or your partner, just, they know you're fat. And if that's not your favorite word, you know, I just think have a conversation you know, just want to make sure, you know, I might not be able to ride you because, you know, uh, my my hips don't work that way or my knees are too shot. Just, just get it out. Don't have it hanging over like a black cloud, right? Just Absolutely. get it out. It's better. Uh, yeah. I mean, 1000%, you have to talk to your partner. And yeah. I, I think the mm -hmm. biggest thing, you know, if, if you're dating a person if you're straight size and, and dating somebody who's who's um, a person of size or plus size, you know, having that conversation of like, what's your experience been in the past? And what are some things that I need to avoid? You know, having a, like a word association of here are words that I'd like my body being called, you know, and so that you really start to have that, oh, I like the word husky or I like the word fluffy or, you know, and, and then that way when you're having you know, some sort of discussion about your partner, you're using the words that they like to describe their body as, or, 
Thanks. Or like when you're talking about, um, hey, I'm really, you know, I want to make this the best experience for you, but I noticed that you kind of shut down. So what what's happening or, you know, having, I think just being that open space of mm -hmm. so that somebody can kind of be safe to say, well, you know, at one time I was having sex and I broke the chair. And so now I don't like to have sex in the chair or, you know, something that makes you feel vulnerable. You have to be able to have um, that conversation. And once you do, it's exactly like Crystal said, communications lubrication. If you feel safe, ugh, you're going to find the best way to have whatever kind of crazy <laughs> orgasm you want to have. Right. And, and that's, you know, that's the good stuff. You know, when mm -hmm. you're, when you're just kind of blindly going at it. Yeah. Is it fun? Sure. Is it good? Yeah. Okay. But it's like, there's pizza and then there's <laughs> you know like so you have to you really have to be able to have that conversation if you want the pizza you know like, so I, I just I think as especially as we get older we start to have more value in that mm -hmm. and and really you know recognize that that changes the dynamics and mm -hmm. that's where you want to be mm -hmm. it's not right. easy you have to work at it absolutely the more you it takes, I always, you have to have good communication chops, you know, and who better to learn how to have good communication than with your partner. Hopefully there's someone that you can, like as the person who's fat, someone you can trust. And as the person who's the new person in the relationship and maybe they're, they're not fat, help them try to help that person who's fat. Just let them know how much you love them or value them or are turned on by them, what you love about them or their bodies like, I love to hear, I love that fat ass. I'm like, yes, thanks, babe. I'm glad you like it, you know? Heck yeah. Because, you know, it's not like, I mean, big, big butts are in. But, I mean, when I say big, I mean, I have a big butt, you know? So, but you have but you have homegrown butt. That's your butt. Yeah, you didn't go sure. and put that butt yeah. in. So, you should yes. like this already made butt. Right, yes, it's natural. It. No, no, no BBL here. Um, but... It's nice to feel when you feel mm -hmm. confident because someone's giving you a lot of nice compliments. You, you do feel a little bit like more like you can expose your lower tummy. When I had my boutique, it was a lingerie store for people of size. People always ask me, how can I hide my upper arms? And do you have anything to camouflage this? I'm like, nobody's going to be looking at your upper arms. Nobody. Mm -hmm. They're getting ready to get busy with you. That's a, They're not looking at your upper arms. So just have to get out of your own head somehow. That's the trick, right? Always. Well, and sometimes you have to own it. I mean, we've had this conversation before on the mm -hmm. podcast, but you know, I have um, I have a little crease in my oh, arm. Yeah. I call it my butt arm, <laughs> and I'll just sometimes like look at my husband and be like, wah, 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 you know, like, and squeeze my fat, you know. But it's how I get comfortable with that part of me that has always been like, oh, you can't have the crease in your arm, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's like you're super fatty if you have that, and that's terrible, you know, like. I've had all those conversations and I've had people actually tell me that, you know, so there's, it's like, I'm going to own it. This is what it is. And sometimes I'm like, butt arm by the rest of you, <laughs> boop, boop, boop. you know, because <laughs> the more awkward you are and the more honest you are, the better it's going to be. That's definitely good if you didn't want to have any butt sex. They put it right there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> lube it up. Yeah. It's a lube and let's, let's do it. They always say all they need is a crease, right? Mm -hmm. There you go. There you go. That one for you. Yeah. Like I have a lot of creases. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a virtual trampoline. <laughs> All kinds of fun here. Let me tell you. <laughs> Can I tell you guys, y'all, a funny story? 
Oh, of course. Oh, of course. I, I did not lose my virginity, which I hate that effing word. Uh, we have a whole episode about why that yeah. term is gross. So. It's oh, a social no. construct, y'all. Your vagina does not have more value because a penis hasn't been in there or whatever. But anyway, you know what I mean? That particular night, day of my mm-hmm. life. Turns out that we actually, we'd had a little to drink. And we were in my dorm room. I was like 19 and a half. And it turns out we only had sex with my inner thighs, which squish and are touching. (laughs) (laughs) So the next morning I was like, that was really nice. You catching that the penis was going up and down over my clitoris. But I'm like, I don't think he's like, oh, yeah. So then we did. And then I know that was it. That was the moment of it all, that big crescendo, because I could feel that there was a little bit of pain and a tiny bit of blood. And so the next day I did. We did actually do sex the proper way. But the first <laughs> night, he loved it. He was like, I don't know. I felt like a vagina. <laughs> nice and warm. Warm and squishy and soft. So lubed up, you know, what? who cares? And um, yeah, oh, that was my first time. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. <laughs> so funny. That, that was an amazing story. Oh, I just, <laughs> He didn't know. Ooh, yeah, of course, I was so young. I wanted all the lights off. You know, now I'm like, turn them on. Yeah. So. <laughs> There's nothing like a good moist dry sex. It's I mean, yeah. 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 So good. Good even as, even as adults, it's oh, yes. just, let's just have some of that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to use it. I don't want to have to use a dipstick later. Just do some of this and let's just do <laughs> That's right. That's why I love pure. The, I love the silicone lube. It's my favorite. Oh yeah, it's like mm-hmm. the Rolls Royce of lubricants because it never gets dry or sticky if you use the good stuff. Absolutely. So, so speaking of lubes and all the good stuff, one of the cool mm-hmm. things about your podcast is that you have like you know the favorite toy or and favorite lingerie that you're talking about. So, do you have any favorites you could share with us today? <laughs> you go first, Lulu. Or if I have so many. <laughs> yeah, there's so there's so many. If we're talking Come on, vibrators, let's get, to, let's get to the top three. Let's get to the top three. Okay. Yeah. We're talking vibrators. It's the Power Palm Extreme. So it's a wand, but it's got some base. So it it does not. Yeah. It's, who's that it's, by? Hold on. Before you go, who who's that by? Palm Power. Okay. Yeah. It looks kind of like a mix between the general, you know, the wand Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of angled. So it kind of, it, it kind of looks like that. Mm -hmm. So the head of it is like kind of angled. So if you had it, um, it's not super long. The arm isn't like super long, but it's long enough for me because I have little, I call them T-Rex arms. (laughs) But yeah, I'll, I'll use that pretty easily. You know, it's got good mobility. Is that that black and pink one? Yeah, it's black and pink. Ah, got it. They always yeah. sold out of that one. That's why. Mm. Yeah, got it's it. it's a uh, yeah, and they make one that's solid black now too. I just saw mm. that at the mm. my local section. And they have and, the, and they have that mini one too. Right? They have the mini one, and I don't think because it's not the extreme. You know, mm-hmm. I always, I always want to be like the eighties and be like, extreme, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I don't think it's as, you know, powerful. It, I don't think it, I think it's more of like just a standard vibrator, but um, okay. I love a lot of uh, extra buzz. So that's for me, the bass and the buzz. Oh, you're a power hitter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the doggy style strap from um, Sports Sheets, right? 
plus size doggy style strap. Yes, the plus size mm -hmm. doggy style strap. It's um, so good. Perfect, right? Like it, the way, like especially like when you put it right up under the, yeah. your apron belly, yeah, and mm -hmm. you pull up, it's like you feel almost like the penis is hitting the the G spot like perfectly because you're holding like you're like strapped in. Hell yeah, um, I love that. And then um, my husband bought me um, the cowgirl. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> that is fabulous. It is like a full on saddle. You know, it's bright and got um, a unicorn tail and it's uh -huh. uh, white pearly leather. It's beautiful. It sure is. It, yeah. it is gorgeous. Ooh, it's gorgeous. Nice. Yeah. And that thing, mm -hmm. like, ooh, rumble in the city. I love that. Like, sit on that, give him a blowjob at the same time. It's fantastic. Yes. I love so, rumbly. Rumbly is what I like a lot. Yes. And so that's my top three. That was fine. But okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, it's a tough one for me. All right. Yeah. So I like, I, I do like rumbly. So of course I love Hitachi magic one and I love the shower massager. I really love a jacuzzi jet too. <laughs> uh, I, I used to, Oh yeah. I can't, I can't resist a, a jacuzzi jet. I just, I'm sorry. Y'all you have to wait <laughs> as far as toys I can buy or, you know, like I can get is of course the Hitachi. I like it on low. Um, it's really fun to use with my partner while he's inside of me. So that's kind of nice for both of us. I love anything that pulses and escalates. So there's something that I call it the five-speed bullet. Just looks like a normal silver egg or bullet, but just like the, uh, the, the uh, 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 uh. I like that one. And the, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> I always call it the speed of sex. You know, I love that one a lot. And that's, I probably sold, I mean, I have sold that toy, the crap out of that toy. It's, <laughs> it's so good. And it's like 40 bucks, you know, so almost everybody can, probably afford that and um it's probably fifty dollars now with inflation and everything i haven't looked but i like anything that pulses and escalates oh i know womanizer satisfier anything that has suction on my clitoris hell yeah yeah suction and vibration yes. together mm -hmm. just yes. eat the woman womanizer which is a terrible name the womanizer but i like the satisfiers too i like anything that has suction on it which is lulu you know it's kind of a yeah. newer thing you know i know when it first came out, it, I was like, this is all hype, you know, everything is just another damn rabbit. Then I tried it and I was like, I brought it home. I lit a candle. I was like, okay, I got myself all tucked in. I was like, I'm going to give this a whirl. Then I was like, bah, 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 it was over. I was like, whoa, hang on. No, no, no. That was like <laughs> 25 seconds, you know? And then I was like, okay, I got up, I got some water. I walked around. I'm like, try to, now I know what to, to expect. So I could kind of, do the low and build up and not just like be done. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be one and done. I gave myself like an hour so I could kind of get back and then, oh, man, alive. That was fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. fun. Have you had my wine yet? Okay. I was For, uh, myself. Laura, <laughs> we got to go around the room now, Laura. So what's your topic? That's right, Laura. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh darn. Let's see. So I really like the Kong by Honey Adult Play. It's a vibrator. It's a, it's a, I guess a type of thrusting vibrator, but it wiggles as opposed mm -hmm. to in and out. Mm -hmm. um, you can feel it squirming around in there. It's good. It's good. And then <laughs> I have a, I forget the full name of it, but I have another like actual thrusting vibrator by Adam and Eve that is fantastic. And 
you know, I'm going to go back to my, the very first sex toy I had, which was a cheap plastic thing from Spencer's, but it lasted a really long time. Of course it did. A little bullet, just a little bullet. And what I loved about it, and I can't find a toy that does this, but instead of you clicking a button to get it to um, change vibration patterns, you just, it was more of like a, like a light dimmer where Mm. you just move it up and down. Mm. And to me, that worked out so well of finding the right speeds and you can like ramp it up or ramp it down a lot more easily than clicking. Mm. But yeah, so I love a good quick one and done by uh, Mm. bullet. I hear you. I feel like secretly Laura just gave me homework because now <laughs> all my distributors, oh, she wants a dimmer. No problem. I'll see you on five pictures later. Don't you worry about it. Thank you, Lulu. Um, okay. So, right. So now I have to go. So Please, Lulu, tell us. My. So for me, it's still going to be that. And it's just going to be that because. And people always say, how could they have you just now started using sex toys? Because I didn't have to have a husband and he did everything I needed to do. But if I'm going to be selling sex toys, I have to know what it does, right? So mm-hmm. my first one that I've used on my body personally without just, you know, putting it on and whatever was a Satisfied Pro Traveler. And mm-hmm. like you said, Crystal, I was I was like, okay, uh-huh. we're ready to do it. Woo. You know, I put mm-hmm. on a little thing. I put a little porn <laughs> on and, get, you know, get in the mood it was saying, and I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I literally had a brain freeze orgasm. That thing has 11 functions. I only went to two. Everything was happening. <laughs> I got a Charlie horse. I was like, oh, my God. What is happening? I'm like, okay, okay. But after seven years, I can now get up to 11. And so that's progress. <laughs> Yeah, I, sometimes I get a cramp in my calves because if I want to have a really good orgasm, I have that, to point my toes and get my legs very rigid. And then I'll be like, my calf will be like, oh, like, you're ruining my orgasm. Hang on. <laughs> you're, not a, you're not alone in that. You're not alone yeah, in that. I know, I know. You got to take, take more of those um, muscle pills before we right. that. Yes. <laughs> and then even though when I review products, I love power toys. I just love function something called the function work. But I don't like intense function because she's like, no, that's too hard. We don't like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I like more softer, like mm-hmm. kind of intermediate thing. We love the sports sheets, the neck and leg restraints. Yes. Oh, love yes. that. We both love that one, Hummer. <laughs> yeah. Because my husband said, you always don't let me finish. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. but I'm dying. I'm falling. Now you just like, there's another movement. Right. Cheating. <laughs> <laughs> And we love lube. Like this, literally, I'm looking at 20 bottles of lube on my windowsill. Just love fucking lube all day. Yeah. Yep. Good. And a good cum rag. And a good yes. Cum rag. Yes. <laughs> I hate to find those later, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I was you doing... know, go ahead. Um, I got some that don't leave tacky or sticky. Oh, nice. That's awesome. When I was doing pleasure parties, I would have these women tell me all the time about their towel situation, especially if they live with boys. And this one lady lived with three boys. She had three sons and her husband. She's like, our towels will basically stand on the edge. Like they will stand straight up. I'm like, oh my God. Oh, oh, oh disgusting. It's oh. like, they're crispy. I'm like, oh, good Lord. She's like, I saved some pink ones in my back bathroom. I tell them, don't touch the pink ones. I'm like, that's smart. Yeah. Those are those are for girls. Leave that <laughs> towel alone. 
Yeah. <laughs> it must be awful to have that many boys and a man in your house. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of laundry. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you guys are doing the towels. That's I'm not right. touching them. Okay. I need some microfiber cloths around here. Right. Yeah, I'll check your website. I didn't know about this ones that don't feel crusty. Yeah, they oh my god, you don't they just bring you so much inner joy. They're oh actually god. called cum rags. Okay, I'll check it and out. I was like, oh, I need these. Yes. You can just use them. And we tested them. I was like, oh my god, they're like, we didn't even use this. Wow. Wow. <laughs> And it's they like, don't shrink. You know, you get washed right now and they shrink. They don't even shrink. And they even have cum towels for like those big people. You know, oh. people who go like. <laughs> That's a lot of. It's a bukkake party. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say that. I decided not to. <laughs> That's funny. Well, yeah, I think we. There. <laughs> I had to explain what that meant once to my uh, mother-in-law because of that damn game. And I was like. You know, she said, what does that mean? You don't need to know. You're 75. No, Crystal, tell me. I go, you don't really want to know, honestly. She's like, just tell me. I'm like, and I whispered in her ear what bukkake means. She's like, oh, my God, people do that. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so I told you you don't need to know that word. Like, you were right. People, people look at you differently when you're the one that has to explain what bukkake <laughs> yes. is during a game of Cards Against Humanity. Right, yes. And I, I know that pain. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was like, oh my lord. <laughs> she, why would a 75-year-old person need to know that word? You don't. Trust me. <laughs> she wants to be in on the now. She wants to know yeah, what's happening. I know. She right. doesn't really want to know, though. <laughs> yeah. So before we wrap up, you know, because we like to do stuff in reverse because, you know, whatever. We would love for you to tell everyone, even though we're going to be dropping it like everywhere, you know, whatever. Thank sharing you. is caring, you know. That's right. And tell them where they can find you tell them where they can listen besides on here now and tell them to do it do it do it do it do it go murph you do that best you're the one that has the good voice <laughs> for that all right you can find us at bigsexychat.com you can find us on linkedin not linkedin instagram you can? <laughs> you can? okay i was like man i'm just like linkedin um facebook instagram at big sexy chat and on twitter at Big Sexy Chat Pod. Perfect. And then you can follow me at Murphy Girl Adventures. And you can follow me at Big Sexy Chat. It's probably the best way to, to get in touch with me. I'm pretty easy to find. I have a lot of Google stuff out there from when I own my boutique. So it's pretty simple to find me. And I, lo I love helping people with their sex questions and stuff. If they're too embarrassed, they can go ahead and email me. My email is blissconnection at gmail. I'm happy to answer questions and um, especially if it's fat related, you know, I know it, it can be fraught with a lot of stigma and worry and stress when you're getting ready to get naked with someone new. So feel free to ask me those kinds of questions and I'll, I'll do my best to answer right away. And yeah, we love it. If you give us feedback on our podcast reviews are like the, what helps you when you get your podcast out there. So if you can, people would love, wouldn't mind writing us a review. We're giving away a Liberator uh, sex blanket. We're giving away two. So we'd love for people to join our newsletter. That's all you have to do to get our get on our list for um, the, the sex blanket, the best things, sex blanket ever. We love all Liberator products. And yeah, thank you for having us, ladies. It was really fun yeah. to chat with y'all and lo lo always love knowing other podcaster friends that we, we can oh. do business with. 
a hundred percent this was such a joy to talk with you both and we are just excited to see where your podcast goes it's awesome and to compliment you I'm, I'm an over complimenter but Thank I mean you. them yeah. you give out such good advice on the podcast when you talk about when you answer questions that people have sent in so yeah it's it thank you don't miss it it's it's so, so good thank you yeah <laughs> all right everyone so that's all for this episode of mindful sex ed thank you so much for joining us if you have a question that you'd like us to answer <laughs> please email us at podcast at tipple.life or reach out to us on our social media we are mindful sex ed pod on twitter and mindful sex ed podcast on instagram if you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening. Reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify are particularly helpful in getting us out there. Sharing is caring. And we'll do. And it's free. So please send this episode or any of our episodes to someone you think would be interested in listening. And lastly, check out all of the podcasts on the Tickle.life network and visit Tickle.life for all of your mindful sex ed needs. And check out our show notes for all things Big Sexy Chat. We've got all the links in there. And goodbye, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.